Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. So glad you're here. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg is here is my esteemed host. You know, Kathy and I are your leadership development coaches. Uh, between the two of us, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we always want to bring you cutting-edge information, you know, things that can help not only you, but can help your team. And today, we're going to talk about a book that Kathy and I are uh, in the process of researching called Emotional Brilliance. Living a Fearless Life. You know, we all have emotions all day long. How many of us know how and what to do with them? They influence our decisions. They influence our communication. They influence relationships. And in this show, uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and myself are going to explore the concept of emotional brilliance, you know, why that's important, what it is, and some hands-on strategies to be fluent and brilliant in your emotions. You know, we have interviewed hundreds of leaders, authors, stars across many fields uh, in our show over the last 10 years, and we have millions of downloads of our shows, and people have listened to them in 27 countries and 125 cities. So before we go uh, much further, let me just introduce uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. If you've been listening to our shows for the last 10 years, you've uh, heard her wisdom and her pleasant uh, voice, you know, Kathy has uh, pro- worked uh, f- for years uh, around proven work-life strategies based on positive psychology, and now the science of courage. Kathy has been called the first lady of happiness, and now the first lady of fearless living by ABC TV. She has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including New York Times bestseller. What Happy Working Mothers Know. She touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She's also the founder of four different leadership consultancies, three different leadership institutes. She supports behavioral research while doing friendly tips and tools. She uh, has a free app called Your Happiness Now that has her uh, shining voice and picture that you can see her of videos and gives you tips and tools on how to be uh, fearless. Her uh, latest book, um, of dealing with special operations, Fearless Leaders, is available you know, at, at all your outlets. Her website of WW Fearless Leaders Quiz will help you take a free leadership quiz, receive downloads, all the expertise you know, that she has that are in the book, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here th- thinking to myself, oh, is that me? Like, <laughs> it's so funny to hear people talk about you. Uh, and then <clears throat> be able to um, you know, think about how can you continue to help people? What can you do to make uh, everyone be a better you, as my friend Assistant Chief Neil Vaughn likes to say? Um, when we think about how we get better and why we are motivated to get better, I think of my friend and co-host, Dr. Relly Nadler, who's always working to create 
tips and tools for everyone to be their best. So for those of you who don't know my esteemed co-host, Dr. Ellie Nadler, he is a master-level certified executive coach, a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer, and Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs, and his podcasts uh, that he does through um, many different venues. But uh, I know one of his favorite venues uh, is currently EI Central. If you want to learn about how to make you a better you, just text the following letters, E-I-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, E-I Central, to 38470. That's E-I Central to 38470. Or visit him at truenorthleadership.com. And you will receive all of Relly's wonderful free tips and tools, invitations to his programs, his podcasts, his webinars, and his popular blog on psychology today with well over 185,000 reads. You know, Relly's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides all of us with tools and strategies to develop our star performer qualities across any industry. And his free Leadership Keys Field Guide is available on Amazon as a book and an ebook and a free iApp. Leadership Keys has videos you can find at your app store, and it is chock full of tools and tips to be your best. If you are looking for a way to be a better you, please text EI Central, C E N T R A L, E I C E N T R A L, to 38470 and learn more about Relly Nadler and all the things he has to help you be a better you. So, Relly, um, maybe we should introduce some of the history. You know, we've been on the air now for a, almost, I, I guess it's a decade, um, yeah. maybe, maybe over a decade. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've lost yeah. track of the fun. Um, and maybe we should just set the tone here for why right. emotional brilliance, Okay. why um, it's living a fearless life. Um, I... I couldn't imagine any individuals listening to this show uh, not being able to have a more emotionally brilliant, fearless life. And, and just to set the context, it might be helpful for them to understand how we got to this place. Yeah. So um, let me give you a little background, but then I... Then uh, I want to turn it back off to you, and we can talk about the emotional brilliance, you know, that title you came up with. But we know from our work, Kathy, working with leaders, <clears throat> that the emotional intelligence is the critical factor when you look at success uh, for them. You know, one is the uh, techno expertise people have. Two is their how smart they are, their IQ. Three is their emotional intelligence. And then a lot of the research is showing as the further someone moves up the ladder uh, in their organization, in their corporation, the factors that are going to allow them to continue to prove, improve is emotional intelligence. And then today, what we're going to take a deeper dive into this whole topic about emotional brilliance. Um, 
so that when you have these emotions, you are better in the moment, so you're going to have better decisions, better judgment, better communication, better relations. We want to be able to share some of the, uh, the research and why we're taking a uh, deeper dive into this idea of emotional brilliance. So, you know, Kathy, when... the, the title you came up with, maybe say a word about that, and then we'll kind of jump into what some of the content is. Yeah, I think uh, where we, um, we came up with this idea of emotional brilliance stems from uh, the founding of my company uh, with uh, two individuals who uh, are uh, members of Navy Spec Warfare, mm-hmm. uh, retired, and two individuals who were special operations SWAT uh, who were thinking when we defined the fearless leaders group, how can any individual, even the highest performers in their tier one organizations, which would be uh, the Navy SEALs and SWICs, the special warfare combatant crewmen, uh, the um, Rangers, uh, Green Berets, uh, the SWAT, uh, special resource teams, FBI, HRT, the hostage uh, rescue uh, teams. How could any of these Tier 1 high performers live a more emotionally balanced and brilliant life, which extends itself to any individual in any organization, in any industry, who is themselves a top performer? You could be the best video engineer. You could be the best uh, soccer mom. You could be the best at anything you choose to be when you think about taking one emotional scale, one thing that you have mastered through emotional and social intelligence, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a minute, but take that one thing you're really good at Maybe staying calm in a storm. Maybe it's uh, being able to think clearly when you are in a stress um, situation. Maybe it's having the empathy to care for others even when you're in distress. It's the possibility of being flexible when a situation is so complex that nobody sees an option for doing something differently. So any one of those emotionally intelligent scales, flexibility, empathy, decision-making, staying calm or having what we call reality checking, any one of those things can be built upon. And when we were talking about how to leverage that, we came up with the Fearless Leaders Group. And we're going to go to a break, Relly. Uh, I know we'll be right back after one minute. And I'll continue to give a deeper dive into how we all become fearless by leveraging one talent, just one. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Kathy and I are talking about uh, our book that we're working on, Emotional Brilliance, Living uh, a Fearless Life. And we want to say a few things just about emotions and then talk about, you know, what is an emotionally brilliant person. Some of the questions that we have here today, our plan is to interview uh, experts, researchers, leaders, heroes, and what do they think about emotions uh, and experiences of being emotionally brilliant, what are some of the ways that they deal with emotions when they're overwhelmed, and so we want to kind of start that off. So first, let me just say a couple things just about what is an emotion. 
You know, it's a, it's a chemical data, it's information, uh, it's in your body. It's a complex state of feeling that results in a physical, psychological changes that influence our behavior. It's a uh, <clears throat> complex psychological state. There's a subjective experience, there's a physiological experience, and there's a behavioral experience. Some of the research, <clears throat> when you talk about emotions, <clears throat> excuse me, feelings, affect, you know, there's a lot of different definitions. And one of the things that we'll differentiate here is that one way to look at emotions is that they, you know, occur in the body and it's a sub, in subcortical regions of the brain, the amygdala, the ventral media prefrontal cortex, and it creates a biochemical reaction in your body altering a physical state. Now, we may differentiate that, that when you have these experiences in your body, the feelings originate in different parts of the brain, and, but there are mental association. It's kind of like how do you make sense of what's going on in your body, the reactions to the emotions, uh, and it's a subjective being influenced by a, your personal experiences, your beliefs, your memories. <clears throat> so we all have these bodily reactions, and then we somehow interpret them, and it's important because emotions matter around your attention, your memory, your learning, decision-making and judgment, relationship quality, physical and mental health, which we'll talk about, and academic and life success. A lot of this research is from the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And as we know, everything happens in the moment. So whether you're aware of what's going on for you, some of it's unconscious or not, aware of what's going on for others, being emotionally brilliant is being in that moment and really making kind of the best decision, uh, the right thing to say, the right moment, it's well-received and enhances relationships. And so, Kathy, I wanted to uh, maybe ask you about, you know, how did you first learn about emotions, you know, or if there was a significant one, because we're both in the emotional uh, world, helping people understand and manage their emotions better. So is there any kind of experience yeah. <clears throat> that how you most learned about emotions? And I'll share one, and then we'll get into more of the uh, research. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Leading up to where we are, really, uh, in this context of emotional brilliance, living a fearless life, uh, I wrote several books with uh, individuals uh, who I respect and admire and who had uh, similar, if you will, emotional ideas, perspectives, um, meaning emotionally intelligent ideas and perspectives. And in my own work, you can read about lots of those emotional experiences in uh, what happy companies know, uh, given my background as a global consultant with uh, two of the world's largest consulting firms, Accenture and Computer Sciences Corporation, uh, as well as academia um, through Drexel University there, the Lebeau College of Business, where I co-founded the Institute for Strategic Leadership, and uh, two additional books focused on what happy women know and what happy working mothers know, but in all honesty, those books are for anyone who works with, supervises, or just loves a, um, a working woman or a working mother. 
And in those books, I share many experiences, but the defining moment for me was when I was um, responsible for my own life and my own well-being, skydiving um, with special operations. And when you are responsible for your own life and you are taking your own life into your own hands in a conscious fashion and you are wiped out within seconds of jumping out of a plane and you are unconscious, you wake up with a new definition of what you're capable of. And that's why I say when you learn enough about yourself to understand your true talents and your ability to re-energize yourself, to re-engage, to be resilient, you become truly fearless. So it was in May, um, about 10 years ago, uh, that I took a friend to jump uh, with some individuals who were uh, special forces and special operations, because I don't like to jump with civilians. <laughs> they, they tend to be a little less conscious and a little less expert mm-hmm. in what they're doing. And, um, you know, it's a civilian drop zone, but these are individuals with thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of jumps. And it was a beautiful, sunny day, and the bottom line was it was... 110 degrees on the ground in Arizona, and it was a balmy uh, 50-some degrees uh, at our jump height, which uh, was around uh, 13,000, 14,000 feet. So when you jump out of a plane at, you know, 50-some degrees, and it's comfortable, and you drop quickly, and at that 4,000 ceiling where you're supposed to pull your chute, you hit that 110-degree heat, and you are not inoculated for heat or jumping, because I hadn't jumped in about a month, it knocks you unconscious. And I wasn't ready for that. And when I woke up the first time, um, luckily my Cypress, which is an automatic opening um, gadget, we'll just leave it at that, that you have embedded in your chute so that if you hit a certain, um, you know, altitude and you don't pull your chute yourself, the Cypress automatically opens it for you. So luckily for me, um, the Cypress opened my chute and I was safe in the sense that I did have a chute open. But when you are dangling in the sky and you wake up and you're looking down and you realize that you didn't pull your chute and you're not being responsible for yourself, that adrenaline rushes through your body. And what really shocked me into consciousness long enough to position myself for a safe landing was the fact that I was in control of me and not panicking and having this sense of calm that Mm. came over me, knowing that I could control what was going on was a gift. Now, unfortunately for me, I went unconscious again 
Um, I'm not sure why, but I did. And somewhere between 4,000 and about 800 feet off the ground, which is where I lined up for what we call a dog leg landing, uh, I, I went unconscious again. So I woke up again at about 800 feet off the ground and um, to cheers of joy, people screaming, flare, flare. Now, you don't want to flare at 800 feet. <laughs> in fact, you can barely hear people yelling at 800 feet. But as I came in, I realized that if I was conscious enough to control my chute by flaring, meaning pulling on the ropes on either side of the, of the parachute to slow myself down enough to land without hurting myself, um, that I would be okay. And so as I got closer to the ground, I positioned my hands into the, um, the stirrups of the, uh, of the chute and I started to pull lightly. And I didn't pull lightly enough and I did land very hard. I broke my coccyx into four pieces and I mm. fractured my L1 and my, my L5 wow. vertebrae. But I was alive and um, needless to say, here to tell the story. So when you learn how to control an emotion like fear or panic so that you can save your own life. You get real conscious about what else you're capable of. And to me, that was really the day I learned how emotional intelligence worked. I didn't really know enough about it from a scientific standpoint until I started working with you and learning more from you. And over the years, your guidance and, and that of the providers of you know, information and research that you and I uh, just cherish. Uh, I have learned a lot about how this works, and I think we're at a point in our careers where people rely on us to teach them that, and it's a wonderful place to be. So let me just ask you a question about that. I mean, it's a, I've heard this story before. It's amazing. But the key takeaway is that in, almost in spite of your environment and everything that's going on in your body and everything else, you were able to kind of manage your emotions, and, and uh, take care of yourself so, that, so you didn't get more injured. A- absolutely. And when we say um, scared straight, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's uh, good. you get real competent. But, you know, we're going to go to a break, really, but I'll tell you what was the inspiration for me. In working with special forces, special operations, executives, uh, humanitarians, Moms, people with terminally ill um, careers, I mean, people who have careers that work with the terminally ill, sorry, misspoke there, I've learned a lot. And without their role modeling, without the language that you've created to help me understand those things and without my own experiences, uh, I couldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be a better me. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Please come right back. We're talking about our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Fearless Life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking about being Emotionally Brilliant, which is the subject of a book that Relly Nadler and I are working on, and we are excited to share some of our learnings uh, in advance of the publication of that book. And Relly, you are going to share an emotional experience um, that woke you up to the mm-hmm. complex psychological state of emotional intelligence so I'm going to turn this over to you for a few minutes to tell your story, and I'm, I'm very excited to hear it. Great. Well, thanks, Kathy. And I think yours was a personal experience about controlling your emotions and the takeaway. Mine uh, is early in my career, which really led me to becoming the psychologist uh, you know, that I am today and, and coach. Uh, I think I was only 22 or 23 in, in my first job out of college, I was, uh, had a BA in psychology, and I worked as a, what, a cottage father, a counselor for a school for adjudicated youth in the state of Connecticut. So anybody under 16 is basically at the end of the line for them. They were locked up in a, uh, 
you know, in a site where it was a, um, a house where we had about 20 of these adolescents who were all kind of the worst of the worst in the state of Connecticut. And so uh, I was what's called a cottage father. Early in my career, and I think you've seen this, Kathy, typically have the least experience and the hardest uh, uh, situations that you got to deal with. And so there was a behavioral mod- modification program. There are all rules on the wall. And my job was to enforce these rules, um, discourteous to staff, horseplay. Uh, and if any of these things have happened, they would get a half-hour timeout in a room. And it was uh, pretty aversive for me because I had learned, you know, growing up at that point to have everybody like me. And this was a job that as soon as I got there, it was the first time in my life, half a dozen of, of the uh, adolescents hated me. And I had to make a choice. Do I do a good job and reinforce all these behavior modification rules, which, you know, in retrospect didn't really work that well, or am I their buddy and let them slide on all this? So a lot of it was being a disciplinarian. And so there was one um, student, Tony, who had, I guess, was being discourteous to to me or someone else, and um, got him to say, all right, this is a timeout offense. You have to go into this room for a half hour. And as soon as this happened, this was a big drama. And you can imagine these kind of bored 20, uh, 15- and 16-year-olds, like, oh, what's going to happen here? Is Tony going to go into this room? Is Natler going to be able to get him into the room? And um, you got to a place where you draw the line, and, and I said, Tony, you got a timeout offense for whatever the offense was. Are you going in? And he still was saying, oh, it's not me. You know, you're always on my case. Basically, you know, I said, all right, are you refusing a timeout? Which they draw the line and said, okay, now you've refused a timeout. So he's not going to go into this timeout room for a half hour. Well, now on the wall was if you refuse a timeout, you have a 24-hour lockup. Wow. So obviously if he's not going to go in the room for a half hour, now we're in a big drama with me and him and everybody watching as an audience. Now he, he has 24 hours lockup. If he goes upstairs into this room on his own, he uh, will have only 24 hours. If I have to call security, which I had to do, it's 48 hours. So basically he didn't want to go in. I had to call security, which now meant he had 48 hours locked up upstairs. Uh, two ex-cops come who are the security for our institution. They come. And as soon as uh, we try to get him, invite him to do it, obviously he's not going to do it on his own. As soon as we put an arm on him or a hand on his shoulder, he pushes one of us, and then we restrain him, and we carry him up into um, this basically kind of a, it's like a dorm room, but it was a cell. And, you know, put him in there. He's trying to kick me as I'm uh, holding one leg. We put him into this door, into this basically room. It's got a big door, and it's got a two-by-four. And then when we, we finish, we go back downstairs. I'm still in charge of these other 20-plus adolescents. About 10 minutes later, I hear my name being called by Tony, and he needs to go to the bathroom. So I go back up into the bathroom. I mean, go back up there. I let him out, go to the, uh, to the restroom. I know what kind of mischief is going to go on downstairs with all these other uh, adolescents. I'm the only staff. And he says, as he comes out of the bathroom, I'm not going back in there. And I go, what do you mean you're not going back in there? No, you can't make me. So I had to physically kind of restrain him again, which is, for me was very uncomfortable, and got him uh, kind of running down the hall 
and into the room, we, we both fall into this cell. He was a big inner city kid, probably, you know, 250 pounds. So both of us fall down. Whoever gets up first is going to lock the other one in the room. Fortunately, I got up first, uh, locked him in, put the two-by-four down, and locked him. And then he had so much emotions, and this is where I, I learned uh, about not controlling emotions, so much emotions that in a sense he thought he'd be out or he'd lock me in, and now he's back in there before he knew it. And then so I went back downstairs. You. Another 15 minutes go by, and I smell smoke. Well, Tony basically is locked in this room, lit his mattress on fire, and was in a locked room. And what, I, what was so profound for me was his anger towards me, not being able to handle his anger, was really going to have him make a really dumb decision to somehow he had a match and burn his mattress on fire while he's in a locked room. And I think, Kathy, from that point on, the idea of not knowing about your emotions, kind of the opposite of your learning, not knowing how to control it, was profound for me and uh, started my discovery, research, learning more about how do you manage emotions, why are they important, how does it affect our decision-making and judgment, really from this critical experience I had with Tony. Wow. That, that's, oof, I, I can't imagine being uh, in that moment. But it, it, goes, it goes back to what is an emotion, really. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I think you've said it best. An emotion is a complex physiological state. It involves three components. There's obviously that subject, the, the subjective, right? It's that subjective experience right. that the person is having. Um, as you described it, there's a physiological response, which could be fear or anger. Um, it's, it's definitely something that animates us, right? If, if we're in a, a fight, flee, or freeze mode, that physiological response. And then there's a behavioral or an expressive response. Now, mm-hmm. I, I know that it's Hockenberry um, and Hockenberry 2007 that define that, but I think... You know, can you speak to that a little bit? And and I know when I go through whatever I'm going through, I always break things into nuggets that I can understand so that I can do something about them. Because the chaos that's created in our brain and our body due to the overwhelming response that we're having can almost freeze us sometimes into no action, which can put us at risk, or it creates a red zone where we're doing nothing but flailing around, right. either physically or verbally. So I'd love, I'd love you to talk a little bit about yeah. what, what is an emotion. You know, one of the, the definitions, we've given a couple of them, but one of them I like is from Lisa Feldman Barrett, who wrote a book, How Emotions Are Made, and going to oh, what yeah. I said earlier, that emotions are in the, in the body and kind of feelings are in the mind, she's interpreting it. And again, some of these words, emotions and feelings, can be interspersed. But she's interpreting an emotion is your brain's creation of what your body sensations mean in relation to what's going on. And so it's your brain uses past experiences that are organized as concepts to guide your actions and drive sensations. So um, your brain is constructing these emotions. So the emotions is in the body and... Um, when we think about like, Tony, he had all this um, 
emotions and, and physiological responses to being locked in and wasn't able to bring it to the cognitive part of, okay, how do I make sense of this? How do I control this? And, Kathy, one of the things that is important, um, you know, that I deal with people coaching, I'm sure you do too, is that everything kind of happens in the moment. So this idea of moment mastery and why it's important to know about your emotions, what's going on for you in the moment, it's your input. What's going on for others in the moment, it's, that's your input. It goes in your brain, and what comes out of your brain is a decision, a judgment, and going back to what you said earlier, is it the best decision? Is it your, is it, are you being your best you? Is it the best judgment? And I think often because we're on automatic and we don't know about our emotions, that what comes out is not really uh, the best moment. And I want to maybe give you a... a can can we, we just pause on that for a second? Yeah. And here's why. What you said is very powerful. And I'm sure the person that's listening is thinking to themselves, an emotion is your brain's creation of what your body's sensations mean mm-hmm. in relation to what is going on around you in the world. That's what you said. Right. And uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett is very good at articulating emotion. Here's what I want our listeners to hear, and here's what I'd like us to focus on just for a moment. Emotion is momentary, and we define it in that moment based on the subjective experience that we've had in the past. Yes. That's basically what we're saying. So Mm -hmm. I I want the listener to hear that because... What that also means is that emotion is not hardwired in the brain. It's the experiences, the subjective experiences and the physiological responses to those experiences and our behavioral and expressive responses that we've learned to have to those experiences Mm -hmm. that define our emotion. That's why what makes me emotional is different than what makes you emotional. And even though as human beings we share some emotions, such as sadness or anger or frustration, how those behavioral emotions are engaged or triggered or, if you will, expressed are different. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'd love to hear more. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Don't go away. This is a great discussion on emotional brilliance. We'll be right back. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most 
leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're Taking a deeper dive into the book Kathy and I are working on, Emotional Brilliance. And Kathy, you did a nice job uh, just kind of summarizing where we're at. Some of the aspects that, I, that Lisa Feldman Barrett talks about how emotions are made is that the brain is this prediction machine. And a lot of, a lot of the predictions are based on past experiences. And so it's really important, one, to identify your emotions, but then to try to understand them and understand, you know, why am I feeling this? How am I interpreting what may be going on in my body, this sensation? And maybe it's accurate and maybe it's not accurate once it gets into your brain is trying to kind of label right. and understand what's going on. And it's, it's, uh, it's very hard for anyone, no matter how good they are at what they're doing, to remain objective. Mm-hmm and filter out those emotional distinctions. And, you know, people will say that we get smarter as we get older in terms of our emotional intelligence. I mean, if you look at the data from Ruben Baron to, you know, Paul Salovey to any, any of the researchers, you see that there are hills and valleys in emotional intelligence, but by and large, it peaks as we mature in mm-hmm. our 50s and 60s. And it's not odd for us to reflect as we get more experience on our, um, our youth, on our life, on our history. And it's, it's almost sad to me that we get better as we get older because we actually need a lot of that emotional intelligence right. when, we're, when we're young and making decisions that will define who we are and what we do mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives. So maybe we should talk a little bit about why emotions matter, really, and a little bit about 
um, maybe some of the research that, that you've been doing for the book, uh, Emotional Brilliance, uh, on um, emotions and um, how they influence us. Well, there's um, numerous influences, and I think what you said, Kathy, makes sense that, that we know about trying to make sense of these emotions, what's going on in the sensation in the body, you know, goes into the brain, and that the brain isn't fully uh, matured into kind of the early mid-20s. You know, so how do you interpret what's going on? And it's important around attention. Where do you focus your attention and memory? Emotions are, can enhance memory or detract from memory. Emotions can enhance learning if you're, or detract. If you're stressed out, you're not going to learn so much. We've been talking about decision-making. We talked about your decision-making, kind of jumping out of the plane, judgment. We talked about Tony's uh, lack of decision-making, judgment. Think about the relationships that you have and the quality of those relationships. If you don't know your emotions, you don't understand them, you don't know what's influencing you, it can really uh, influence the relationship in a positive way, depending on what you bring into that, or in a negative way. Also around what we know about stress, you know, uh, emotions and how you manage them or don't, it can impact your physical and mental health. And then we also know that people who are better able to understand their emotions are do better in uh, academics, but also in life success. And everything happens in the moments, so I want to, Kathy, just give you one experience. Maybe, maybe you'll have yeah, one definitely. before we end here. And, and thank you for clarifying for our audience uh, and for me why uh, attention, memory, you know, decision-making, relationship quality, right. and the physical and mental health and mental well-being of our state of consciousness, our state of being, is so important in how we choose to respond to our right. emotional uh, stressors and um, and activators. So thank you. Well, and I think, uh, and the reason, Kathy, we want to do this, most of us are on automatic or autopilot 95% of the time. Absolutely. So the more that we're aware in the moment, let me just give you a, an example of a, what I would call an emotionally brilliant uh, moment. And one way to define it is is saying doing the right thing at the right moment that's well-received and can enhance the relationship. So I was recently um, with a company that I'm working with that was owned by a husband and wife and um, with their executive team meeting. And the husband had some disagreements, uh, tension with, with the, uh, one of the financial people and said something about how he appreciated what she was doing, um, but really it was more muted. And his wife, in that moment, and this is the emotionally brilliant moment, she kind of looked at him, and this is with everybody else in the room, so you can you know, talk about relationships. She handled it, I think, beautifully. She said, you know, I'm really disappointed in what you just said to her. You know, I know you feel stronger about uh, her and, you know, respect what she's doing, and I think you missed an opportunity to really express that. So in that moment, she said that, you know, in front of the whole team, and this is her husband and co-owner, and I, and I was like, whoa. He, in return, also received it well. It was indicative of the relationship. Instead of getting defensive, yeah. 
he said, well, what would you, what, what, what would you want me to, to have said? So in that moment, right. I mean, it, it turned this whole meeting. She defended the other coworker. Uh, she understood what was going on for her. She said it beautifully around empathy. And he heard it in the moment and didn't get defensive and was open to learning and feedback. And so, so that all happened that, probably, Kathy, Yeah, let me break that down minutes. for the audience real quick because what you went through is very powerful. So, as you said, everything happens in the moment, right? So there's decisions and communication that happens. And what you just described was uh, a stimulus, which was concern and tension with uh, an employee. And then there was a response. And then there was a moment of choice on the part of the participants, and in this particular case, the wife of the co-owner of the company. And instead of being on automatic, she went into a great moment of choice and a defining moment of choice, and she recognized the incident and didn't attack or, if you will, just react. Right. She consciously responded mm-hmm. in a way that allowed her husband to hear her, the rest of the team to hear her, and as a result, that stimulus yeah. response moment of choice was a win for everybody. Yep. And that's where we said it was the right thing to say at the right moment, and it was well-received and it enhanced the relationship and also with the team. Well, you know, this is... Um, this is something that you and I are going to continue to, to discuss and share with our audience. This is uh, part one of a multi-part series on emotional brilliance, living a fearless life. Uh, it's been uh, an engaging conversation for me, and obviously emotions drive learning, decision-making, creativity, relationships, and health. We are anticipation machines. Human beings are anticipation machines, and we love to learn We love to be engaged. We love the excitement of planning for that engagement. That's why websites like eHarmony and Match exist. Uh, We love the idea of anticipation. So hopefully our audience will be anticipating our next show where we'll talk about emotional brilliance, part two. And in the meantime, anything you want to share as we come to a close, Relly? I'm just excited about getting more information from some of these topics in future shows that we want to do from experts, from leaders, from heroes about how do they manage emotions, how do they understand their emotions, how do they have emotionally brilliant moments. Perfect. So for those of you who want to learn more about Relly and myself, you can go to www.drrellynadler.com or www.drkathygreenberg.com. We'll look forward to seeing you, or at least hearing from you, and we'll be sharing more in our next live show, so please do tune in. And for those of you who are listening to a podcast, you can listen anytime, any place. and we want to thank you for tuning in to tune up your leadership performance right here on Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Till next time, take good care. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.